0: Well, here we go. Episode number 16 of the On the Road to the Masters podcast with myself, Luke and Anna Von Rempel. And on this week's episode, we are joined by the inspiring Taylor Joseph, entrepreneur, hockey player, and has an incredible story that despite receiving a career knee injury, he still believed that God had a plan for his life. Hope you enjoy this week's episode.
1: How's it going?
0: Hey everyone, how's it going?
1: It's going great. We want to welcome everybody back to our podcast on the road to Damascus. Welcome back. Welcome back everybody. Oh, man, you know what I've been loving about our podcast so far? I mean, we're still pretty baby brand newish, mm-hmm. but what I love is is that we get to hear how everybody is doing. On their own journey. And that's really where our name came from is because everybody has an experience. Everybody has a life changing moment. And they're also radically different. And I just want to hear them all.
0: For sure, for sure. I think it's my favorite thing about the whole podcast is hearing different people's story. And you got it 100% right about that on the road to Damascus, everyone's on this road, this journey through life and what God's doing through every single individual, which leads us on to who our amazing guest is this week, if you want to introduce him.
1: Yes. So we have my friend Taylor Joseph on our podcast today. Taylor, um has been part of my family. I'm not even saying he's friend. He's basically part of my family, has been for seven years. He is like the big, you know, like my little brother, you know, he's almost an uncle to my children. He's throwing, you know, the ball in the backyard with my kids and he's attended their events. and like this is this is family now, right? and And we often talk about that, you know, we create our family with our community. and we had that amazing opportunity with Taylor. So welcome, Taylor. Thanks for coming on our show.
2: Yeah, no worries, guys. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. Um, It's pretty cool what you guys are doing here. And I think you guys have the ability to reach a lot of people. And um, I think it's really cool because even though everybody has the same story, I I think there is a lot of... uh, trials that people go through that are very, very similar right so it's kind of cool that i'm happy just to share my story and what i've been through and kind of if i can resonate with any resonate with anybody then i'm thrilled so
1: yeah so you play a sport in canada which is our national sport in the u.s it's very well known in the uk it doesn't exist does
0: it N- no we play like field hockey if anything um, and <laughs> <laughs> like we are we we run on grass um with the ball um but yeah we don't we don't play a lot of ice hockey there is ice hockey but it's not a well-known I, sport. I
2: was gonna say there's a challenge I have for you because uh there's a pretty good UK pro league um hockey pro league out okay. there and it's grown a lot so definitely uh check it out I think it's called it's the EIHL so check it out it's um there's some guys that have played in the AHL that play in that league and It's uh it's a it's starting to grow pretty good. And so definitely get on that bandwagon there. You're
1: gonna be like a Canadian soon, Luke. Like you're gonna be like into into hockey, you're gonna be like wearing toques soon. Like this is a whole thing for you soon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, it's like can I start with the first question?
1: You can definitely start with the first
0: question. First question where did your love for hockey come from? Because I know that's your like life's passion. Where did that begin?
1: Great
2: question. Uh, um, you live in Canada. It's kinda you can't uh you can't get away from it really, to be honest. Um, it's funny because my dad, he played uh professional football and um he played uh university of basketball and some national team basketball up in here in Canada. So he was a guy that um he was blessed with it, a six foot four frame and two hundred and fifty pound <laughs> uh weight, and he was able to crush guys in football and also um he's a very skilled athlete basketball track, but so he was a guy that really, when I was younger, he pushed basketball on me, and I loved it. Like I grew up playing, but then all my friends in Canada, you know, they're playing hockey, right? So for years, I think it took it took me three years to fully convince him to let me play. Yeah, I think his his one year of experience when he was six years old from with hockey kind of turned him off a bit from it. Uh, um, being a black man from the Caribbean and getting his <laughs> not not really used to skating and stuff, right? So yeah, I think he had one year and he was done. And but I I really practically begged him for three years to play because all my friends were playing. And he finally let me let me do it. He thought I was crazy, I think. But um, now we have five kids in my family, including me, I'm the oldest, and all five of us played at a high pretty high level of hockey. And the two girls are done, but the three boys that we're still we're still playing at a pretty high level hockey and uh, of hockey. So it's been cool he's turned in from a football basketball guy to a pretty intense uh hockey dad now and uh the best part is is like um we're starting a business with the hockey stuff as well so it's pretty exciting it's crazy how it's been a big 180 for him but yeah but my intro to hockey was through friends and just the community of hockey in canada here so
1: yeah so you're take you've taken something that you love which you developed in community and so over the course of many years, you're now making a business where you're actually going to take something that you love the community, you're going to now make a community for other people to learn how important it is to have that. Because it re- it's really not about, you know, being excellent at the sport. It was the community that really drove you to do what you
2: do, right? Yeah. So like just growing up and get, be, get being given um, the support and the being told you have the ability to do anything and just kind of keeping at it. Cause like I said, I didn't have much success being young growing up when I first started and I just kept on playing cause I loved it and I had support. And, um, obviously my faith was a big part of that too, which is pretty that tied into everything in life as well. Right. So,
0: so, so let's dive into that a little bit. Then you say your faith is a big part of that. Like, did you, did you grow up a Christian? Was this something that you came encountered with like later on in life and how has that played a massive part in your life and journey and your passion
2: no for sure um like i was fortunate i was um blessed to be brought up in a christian family and uh, my mom and dad kind of had that foundation set for us and um to be honest like when i was younger like it was i obviously i've always believed in it but I don't think i really dove into the relationship part of it until maybe my teenage years and through trial and error and mistakes being made and good things happening um um, i think in the last really five years five six years since maybe 18 years old is where i really you got to make that choice where it's either kind of walk away from it or you dive right into it and i i was fortunate to or to really dive into it
0: so. so you talk about the relationship aspect of it because like a lot of our listeners have had different experiences with their faith you know some people might be listening who are maybe not christians more kind of describe themselves as maybe spiritual some people might have grown up christian but not had the aspect of this relationship so just dive that into that a little bit more in terms of what you're saying about diving into the relationship aspect like what's the difference what's been that difference for you kind of Diving into that.
2: No, for sure. Like wh- when I was when I was younger, um my parents did a very good job of like educating us on what uh who Christ was and um just stories in the Bible as well. So like I, I had a pretty good understanding. We'd go to church um every Sunday. Um whenever we try to make it a priority. Our house was pretty crazy with all five of us playing hockey, but we we'd make it a priority, whether it was online church or getting to go actually. And I think um I I didn't really grasp what the relationship was. Like I believed in him like wholeheartedly, but I didn't really uh, realize what having a day-to-day relationship was with him and like kind of really having him as the focal point of your life and um, just really like living every day with him in conscious and like him helping you guide you through your day. Right. Not just like him just kind of being there in the distant, watching over you, but like actually like having that relationship day to day like if i something's wrong i'll be like i'll pray to him be like hey like you know what this is going on and or if i'm like god i need i need direction here like um with whatever i'm going through like i'm really now conscious of involving him in everything i do whether it's decisions um way to deal with a situation like i really try to lean on him for knowledge and So yeah,
1: that's, and that's really great. I mean, that's something that we've talked about Luke in the last couple of our podcasts, you know, there's a point in our lives where we go, I can't do it my way it has to be your way because we get really exhausted trying to do it our way. So uh, Taylor, why don't you tell me, was there a point, was there a point in your life where you went, I can't do it anymore, my way. Like it has to be your way now. Do you have a story of that moment?
2: you're all well aware of that story. Ron. I know <laughs> that um, you, you guys were uh, definitely a big piece of um, just really opening my eyes to what Christ really has to offer and um, that I'm not on my own in a sense when you really sometimes feel like you are. And uh, I definitely have a story, a long-winded story, but um, it's, it's made me who I am today and I wouldn't take any of that back. Looking back then, I 100% would have really like to not go through that but like i'm when you look at it now i'm so fortunate that i did and it's really helped me shape the man i am today and shape my faith the way it is today as well so
0: So do you mind diving into that story like tell me that story what uh, you know we've got got an hour let's crack on let's go
2: (laughs) so so yeah so a big thing was um getting into junior hockey i i was never told I, i was always told i wouldn't play junior i wasn't good enough um I wouldn't play triple-A. I wasn't good enough. And I just remember it started my first year, my last year midget. I got cut from my midget triple-A team after playing triple-A the year before, which is the highest level of hockey at that age group. And um, I felt like it was done for me. But at the same time, I had that passion to keep going and just had that faith that Christ would uh, pull me through and push me through. And if he wanted me to move on, then it would happen. And um, essentially what happened was I – played junior B which is like out here where I am it's not the best like to move on you're usually kind of done when you're at that point but I worked hard got rookie of the year that year and for my team made the all-star team um, for the league in my first year as an underage in that league so I was showing that um, there was a bit more I believe and I, I just kept working even though it was hard sometimes to really believe that I could get out of this situation and um, so what happened was the next year I tried out for a couple of junior A teams. Um, one team, I went to academy, a hockey academy at school, and um, a lot of the junior A coaches in that area were coaches, or in the program were coaches in the area. So a team noticed me. Um, I actually got called up to a junior A team that that year when I was playing junior B, and that was usually rare to happen. And um, so I was on the radar a bit. And just being surrounded uh, with those coaches in the Academy, they kind of saw that I was better than where I was. So I got a tryout. And then what happened was, uh, I was looking like I was going to make one of the top teams in Alberta here. And what happened was a goalie dropped down from the Western hockey league. So there's Western hockey league, which is like the major junior, um, OHL, QMJHL It's like the top level for junior. So a guy dropped down from that level. And then I was the odd man out, unfortunately. And, uh, I'm a goalie. There's only two spots on a team, right? So there's not much option. There's not much options. So I end up uh, calling a team, every team in the league, because I just wasn't giving up. Um, I trusted, I truly believed that God wanted me to play and that he'd open the door. So I remember I got with one with team in Olds, Alberta and me and my mom, we'd have to drive two and a half hours every day for Mm -hmm. practice, two and a half hours there, two and a half hours back for three weeks, just to, get a shot. And originally the team told me, you know what, Taylor, you're probably not going to make the team. We have three goalies here that are pretty established already. What you can do is you can practice with us until you find a spot Until you, just to keep you on the ice. I'm like, for me, I was like, you know what, a, it's an opportunity to stay on the ice and stay sharp until I find a spot that needs maybe needs me. And then B um, there's a chance. You never know, right. If I prove myself there, I might get a shot. So I, me and my mom faithfully drove uh two and a half hours every day. Um, one way two and a half hours away back every day for three weeks and um i just worked my butt off and did whatever i had to do to make an impression on the team um i just remember i it, it was i was doing very well and i i worked hard to earn it and um just i believe god had a plan and he opened doors and so what happened was i remember like i was kind of a little discouraged because it was three weeks nothing's happened. And then that team was well into the regular season. So now it's kind of late to even join the team, right? So they're about seven games into the regular season. And I'm, wa- I'm watching a game online there and Bonnie and Lloyd Minister actually playing. And I'm watching a game on the ra- – listening to a game on the radio. And I hear, like, the first shot of the game goes in on us. I'm like, oh, okay, that's not good. And then the second shot of the game goes in. And then I'm like, oh, like, we this isn't good. So then the goalie, like, I – he ended up getting pulled after the first i think 10 minutes of the game for me like selfishly i was pretty excited because i'm like maybe this is a shot for me we're down to we're down to three goalies um with me being involved in that three and maybe they're going to give me a shot now so the next week the th- i think it was starting on the fourth week so almost a month me and my mom drove down again and uh, i didn't have my license at this time i was or i did i just didn't have a vehicle so my mom would come with me and and there's a long drive and i just got my license so but i essentially i would go to the rank that day and i'm pretty excited that maybe there's a chance they'll give me an opportunity so i they call me into the coach's office right away and they're like taylor we're gonna give you a start it's against one of the top teams at the time let's see what you get what you can do if you do if you if they said if you win this game we'll bring you in Niels we'll sign you the next day so i our team's kind of lower end of the standings right so i'm kind of okay let's see, let's see how it goes right so um i'm so nervous for that game like i i'm almost in tears because i'm like going into the tunnel right because like i'm just like i'm finally getting that opportunity i've always wanted yeah. and now it's up to me right and um i just prayed like i'm like god i need you here like we're playing against one of the top teams um this is i'm playing against a 20 year old goalie that i looked up to my whole life as well and um this is like surreal to me and i just remember almost being in tears because i'm like i finally got this chance and uh I went in and first shot of the game against me goes in There's a tie tip from the slot and it goes in. So I'm like, it's okay. I trust you, Lord. We will get this done. So um, we end up winning three, two and overtime and um, yeah, three, two in overtime. And I end up getting first start of the game and I get an assist on the game winning goal. And I had like 35 shots and it was just like, I just remember just being so happy. Cause like really like, I think the devil was trying to attack me even early on that game by when I got scored on early. And I just kind of said, you know what, I'm trusting you Lord and let's go. And it ended up working out. And the next day they moved me down. I didn't have to drive two and a half hours every day and uh, (laughs) it worked out. So,
1: (laughs) wow. That is such, that is such a great story. There's so much in that story. Like number one, that you're, you had faith to keep going Cause that's the hardest when we, when we come, we think that when God says something that he's just going to move everything for us. And we forget that we actually have to say yes and step with it before a miracle happens. Right. When Moses, Moses didn't part the red sea, um, without saying yes, like he had to say yes. And then yeah. he actually had to go do it. And so uh, I love that story of that. I love the story of your mom driving you in faith every single day, like right there. That is a yeah. mom who had faith for her kids, you know, and,
2: and just, yeah. 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 It just shows the support that me and my fa- like my parents really did for us. Like no one, not many parents would, maybe some would be like, you know what, like count your losses, but no, they believed in us. And yeah they saw the talent we had and they just said, you know what, you just need to get noticed and we're willing to help you. But like going back to what you said, what, like, I truly believe when you have faith and then you have a passion towards something, um, I, that passion comes from somewhere. Um, I I truly believe like God gives us gifts in certain areas and it's our job to kind of use those gifts to, glorify him as well, right? And I I truly believe um when you have that faith and that passion for something, you mix them in together. Yeah. No matter what you're going through, whether it's good or bad, I think um you're on the right track. So good things can happen. Yeah. But that's the start of a, a long story. So
1: that's <laughs> the start. That's just the start. Yeah. He didn't even make it out to yeah. to portage yet to where we live yet. That's only the beginning.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm about two steps away from there. And I'll try to get through it quick here um so second step i'm in olds um i'm about halfway through the season and i'm starting to take the starting position away i'm starting to play really well and one of the uh it just so ha- happened that um it just one of the owners of the team his son was on the team as well and his son was doing well and like i just think it was a it was a good thing for one of us to move on and me i was odd man out i was a younger guy so they end up trading me away And I went to a team where a coach just like the GM brought me in and had an idea and the coach kind of had a different idea. So I remember I went to a worst place team in the league and I won't name teams or names or anything, but, um, I got, um, I went there, I think we had one win in 10 games and I didn't get a sniff and like, it wasn't, it wasn't a good situation. Like we would be getting blown out and the coach would not even look to kind of put me in. So. Right away, I kind of knew this was, this was not the place for me. And so Olds tried to pick me back up because they went on a 10-game losing skid after I lost and they tried to bring me up and they didn't have enough cards left to sign. It's complicated. Like at that time of the year, you're getting to trade deadline time. So essentially, they they tried, they thought they did. I got a release from the other team and then they didn't have the card for me. So I'm like two hours away from the January 10th deadline at this point and I'm calling every team in Canada and I have I don't know where I'm going, how I'm gonna be able to play. And essentially I just I just trusted God again. Like that's all I could do. I didn't have anything else. I could I couldn't do anything in my own I tried in my own power, trust me, to get anything I could. And I remember randomly out of nowhere, two hours before the deadline, a team in Fort Francis that I didn't even looked to call because um I didn't know what the league was. It was junior A, but I didn't know about them as Fort Francis, Ontario. And uh They called me, they're like, Taylor, we're going to give you a tryout. We can get you on a tryout card, and then if you make it, you'll sign. So, again, parents paid for a flight for me to get to Ontario, to Winnipeg. The coaches met me in Ontario. First day I get there, I have the flu, so I can't even (laughs) practice. So, like, first few days, I'm out of commission. Um, The next day, I ended up – the next day, I – I got in. I'm still kind of sick, but I did very well in practice and kind of they're like, okay, you have some game. We're going to give you a shot in a game the next, this upcoming, upcoming weekend. And I ended up winning. The team was on like a six or seven game losing streak and they were fourth place in the league. Small league is only about six teams, um, but uh, it was a very competitive league that year. And um, we, I got a shot. Won the first game. Great. Um, They tried to give the other two guys a chance and they end up losing the next two games, the other two goals they had. So then they kind of, I played the next game after that, won again. And I think I had 45 shots and we won 2-1. So they're like, Kate, we're riding you. So essentially we get on, I get on a 10 game win streak there. I get player of the um, week, goalie of the month, and then get a shout out for top three stars in Canada for the whole like Canadian Junior Hockey League that year for that month. So at this point we're playing against the number two team in the country. They're in our league. And um they were a stacked team. They were making a jump to a the uh, the NAHL, which is a North American hockey league junior league in the States. They were a Minnesota team, so they were looking to make the jump. So they had a pretty stacked team. And um so they had yeah, so we they're on a 27 game win streak and we go in there and I, I I feel pretty confident, like I know God's in control, like he's put me here for a reason. And we end up winning in a shootout and snap their game, their 27-game uh, win streak. And I think we won 5-4 in a shootout and had 56 shots. Wow. So that kind of, yeah. So then the, the team, we had confidence. We knew that we were good. We went from fourth place to second place behind this team that was obviously uh, had like a few losses that year. And things went well. And then we end up meeting them. It's actually funny that we get to game seven against another really good team, Dryden, in the second round of playoffs right before the finals. And this team, um, we were down to nothing with three, uh, two minutes left in the game. And we thought our season was done. And we we score one. And we're like, okay. One of my good buddies, John Carlson, he actually played in porridge with me for a bit. We both got traded to porridge the year after. He, he scores. He's a D-man. Scores. We're like, okay, we have some life. Um, 17 seconds left in the game. He dumps it It like he, I see, I'm seeing this. I'm like, it's a three on two. And he just shot it in at the goal. And like, what are you doing? Like, we don't have time for this. Like, what do you, like I'm in my head, I'm going crazy. Cause I'm like, we're done. The season's done. The goalie fumbles the puck can't recover. He gets his own rebound, puts it in to tie in the game with like 17 seconds left in the game. So like, we're obviously on, we're pretty pumped. We're fired up. And then we end up scoring five minutes in the overtime to go to the finals. Wow. Yeah. So then we meet this, this really heavy hitter team in the finals and they're planning, like, I'm sure they're planning to sweep us. Like they were that good. Um, about, they had about seven division one players the following years. Um, they had, they have a few players playing pro currently right now in some top leagues. Like they were a solid team. And, um, what happened was, is we ended up, we lost the first game. I got pulled the first game. I, I had 35 shots in the first 30 minutes of the game, which is over a, sh- a shot per minute. And I was playing well. It's just that we they were they were ready. They wanted it. And then the next game, I started again. And then we end up beating them 2-1 at home. And I, I had 40 like plus shots. Did very well. And then at the end of the day, we end up going to game six, double overtime. And right before that elimination game, they they my parents were watching the hockey network that you can watch the games and like before the game, the elimination game, they were kind of planning um, a, pre- a celebration for after the game. So kind of premature. And um, we end up winning uh, 3-1. And again, I got first start of the game. We had 55, 55 shots and we won 3-1. And the next game we went to over double overtime with them. And we, if we would have beat that game, won them, beat them that game, I'm we would have won game seven, but they ended up getting a good bounce and scored in double overtime. And then, but that that kind of is where I, finally got established and got that like was noticed to be legit in junior hockey. And then I had some options to go to BC um, in the BCHL, which is one of the like main junior A leagues in Canada. And then I ended up choosing to go to Porridge La Prairie because um, we were, they are hosting nationals and they offered me uh, to, to trade for me and bring me in and had me there for the two years before they hosted. And that's where I went and met Yvonne and their family and some amazing people in Porridge. And that kind of leads to there.
1: Yeah. And so we we got to meet you. We met this young guy who has moved away from his home, you know. And we met you um, in our church, which was interesting because yeah. uh, one of the so because he wasn't living in his home, he stayed with a host family while he was out here. And so the lady came up to uh, to Matt, my husband, and said, "Hey, there's this young guy staying with us. Maybe you can go." go chat with him and make him feel welcome. And, you know, of course, my family, we like to welcome tons of people into our home. It is almost a revolving door sometimes. And we meet this young guy who tells us he plays hockey. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, none of us can skate. So we're like, yay, hockey. Um, But what we really got to do is we really got to know him on a faith level, on a personal level, on a community level. And so even though our dream wasn't the same as his dream, we got to partner and be part of his story in his dream as it's still going to this day. So um so, yeah, he got there and uh, and then something happened. What happened, Taylor?
2: Yeah. So first year, it was a good year. Um, like I said, met some amazing families and lifelong um, uh, lifelong uh, friendships that I'll have forever. Right. And that was awesome. But hockey was going very well, too. And the team, we had a really young team my first year. So this is my 19 year old year. My tw- You get to play till you're 20 and junior so my 19 year old year, we had like 17 rookies, very young, but we finished pretty well. And um, I had a good year personally, and I had some NCAA division one schools looking at me, knocking on the door. And um, the next year we were hosting nationals, So this is our year. Like we we had a stacked team. Like this is one of the top best teams I've ever played with. And um they we, we end up, I think with the first to start the year, we went on a twenty-game win streak and um everything was so good. Um I was leading Canada in in stats and goals against save percentage shutouts, outs. Um, and I, I'm having schools like knock on my door and I was, it's just, it was a very exciting time. Our team was excelling and we were hosting nationals, right. Which is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And um, I, I remember in practice, this is right before like the trade deadline again in January 10th. I end up uh, blowing my knee in practice. So I we were playing like pre-practice. Not in practice. It was before practice, and I we're playing a game called rebound, which hockey players will understand. It's a game where it's a goal against the players, and I just made a weird like nice save, but weird. And I felt something in my knee like lock, and I panicked because I've had my knee locked before, and it's not a comfortable feeling. If you guys have had that, and I kicked out as fast as I could, like to kind of like and it just I tore my meniscus and had a bucket handle tear which is one of the worst tears you can have for it yeah and it was torn in three different places and that and I didn't know that at the time so I'm thinking I'm okay like I'll heal from it like it hurt (laughs) I I couldn't straighten my leg for three days but as I as it the few days like the six seven days went on like I went and got an opinion they said yeah don't worry you uh you just have an LCL sprain, you'll be back in a couple of weeks. So, like, I'm starting to recover and I'm feeling okay, but like, there is something a bit off, it's like just tightness. And, um, so my we end up uh getting so what happened was te- right before the trade deadline, I get a call from the um the surgeon, and he says, like, tailored like this is like the worst hair you can get you need surgery i have an opening for surgery now and if you get like this is rare like usually wait months like i you'll you'll be fresh i'll be able to repair it for you so there'll be minimal like long-term effects but i remember telling him i was like if you think i'm going to be out if it's on it's not repairable i told him like do not fix it just cut whatever you need to cut out so i can play this year because it's a quick if he cuts it out i can play in two weeks and um I remember, I guess, uh, I woke up from my surgery and apparently I don't remember I was out, but my, uh, my billet dad was there and he said, uh, the first thing he did, I don't remember, but he said, you asked the coach, you the, you asked the surgeon, can you play? And I was like, he's like, no, Taylor, I repaired it. And I think I, apparently, I think I might've swore at him or something. I was not happy. And then I was out. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so it was, uh, it was hard. It was really tough. I, I lost everything. And, um, it felt like the team ended up going to win nationals that year, swept our league, and I the scholarship offers I did have were gone because there was just unpredict there's unpredictability of if I could play or the next year. So it was just everything was gone and it was hard, yeah, yeah. to say the least.
1: That was a that was definitely a turning point um, for you because everything then looked like and it was matching the dream that God had for you. Like, yeah, like yeah. everything, every step for step you were doing it all. And I rem- we remember like as a family, we still talk about this. We remember the day that we went to church on Sunday and, uh, you know, we were excited because we were leaving that afternoon to go to Disneyland and we saw you and we all ran up to you and you were crying. Um, because it was devastating news. Because again, we walked as a community with you and we all sat there, went, why God, why everything was going good? Why is this happening now? And we all had to sit there and we had to sit in the waiting period of God's timing yeah. for you, um, which is something that happened. So how did that like for you, you know, where, did, where did that go with your relationship with God?
2: Um, at first, I really like when I got hurt, I got I went home because I had to rehab. And uh, I, I was very positive still, like I felt, you know, like, it'll work out, like, maybe I'll get a team to take a chance on me. So at NCAA school for the following year, because now I'm uh, aging out a junior and like I had a bit of NHL um, teams looking at me as well. And I just I had an opportunity to possibly start as a freshman with this really good school, and um, as soon as that injury happened, it was gone. So it was just like I when I I went home and I was on a mission. I called probably I was I'd wake up at 7 a.m. here because we're mountain time, and I'd call those schools for probably six hours a day because they were Eastern time. So I tried to catch some coaches when they're in the office, but I was desperate at this point. Like I had the passion and the drive, and I wanted it that bad and. So I just, I'd spent time and things would get close and then something would happen. And so just like every time I tried to do it on my own, I felt, uh, it, it would seem promising then all of a sudden it it wouldn't happen. So, and it was very frustrating and I just felt like God didn't care. Um, I was questioning if he's actually there, felt what I was going through. Um, as I probably did get into a bit of a depression as well, um. Because just things following it probably is a four or five year span. Because things just got worse and worse after that year, anyway.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, and that was some pretty tough times. So, what was the moment that changed from going down back up? What was the moment that you realized that God was with you through it all, but it never seemed like it?
2: Well, what I'll do is just I'll I'm, I want to explain to people more like how much worse it got. Yeah. To. Cause I think that's a big sure. thing. Um, the f- first year I went to school that was in a college in Alberta and it wasn't a big hockey league. It was something like I wasn't necessarily like happy with just with what I wanted. Um, really good league. And um, it, it's, it is underrated, but I just, it's just something I wasn't, I wanted more. Right. And I ended up going there and It just didn't work out. I think I played four games that year and I was still recovering from injury and I wasn't doing well. It took me probably nine, 10 months a year to feel fully comfortable in the net again. Cause for a goalie, you're up and down on your knees in the butterfly and trying to make saves. And like, it didn't feel comfortable driving into the post with my knee, right? Like it took a long time to really recover. So then I. Didn't play much that year, but I had my eyes set on transferring and going to a bigger league, a higher league in either Canada, which is CIS Sports, and the top Canadian league in university or the NCAA. I saw that dream and I ended up, um, I ended up transferring. Oh, well, so that's, not, I ended up finding a school in CIS, Nipissing University in Ontario, and it, uh, I was pretty excited and then I remember April 16th of 2016 I remember the day I was just DDing for some friends like it was a friend's birthday party and I was DDing and then I remember I was dropping a friend off at the at a house and I just took a minute like they, he was saying bye to his girlfriend or something and I was just taking a minute like in my car just waiting for him and I was going to get out of my car it was a beautiful night it was in the summer and as i i got a text and i looked down at my t- phone before i took off my super or anything and then i'm reading this text and all of a sudden out of nowhere i got hit by a drunk driver so i was parked on the side of the road and the guy kind of swerved up hit me rubbed up against me and then peeled off um but like i he pushed me i was on the like other side of the sidewalk he hit me with that much force and so like i was okay that night like i the cops came. I end up driving my vehicle home somehow. It was totaled, but I ended up finding a way to get home. And um, the next morning I just woke up crying. Cause like my head hurt that bad. Like it was, I could, I couldn't watch, look at the TV. It was really bad. And then my body was killing me. So then I end up um, having to go to the hospital that morning and, and found out I had a, like really bad concussion that set me out for about four months. And then I had some lingering whiplash and some knee issues again with my knee that I'd just previously had surgery on the year before and, um, hips, everything. It just really kind of messed me up for a bit. So that was a setback to going back, going to Nipissing the next year. I think I had a week to train before I got to North Bay that year. And, um, things again, just kind of started to go down. I went to Nipissing, had a really good camp, but I was out of shape. Like I you can't train for this a week before the season and um, I didn't get much opportunity that year. I think I had one chance I did while well the beginning had one chance didn't do good. And then I kind of just didn't get a shot after that. And, um, I played eight games, I think that year. And then the next year didn't play a game at all. Like, I think we've gotten another guy and there's four goalies and I was looking to redshirt and transfer. So during that time period, it was really hard. Like I was, I'd say I was depressed and my faith wasn't quite there and I didn't really care anymore. And, um, but deep down, you always know that, uh, that he is there, but at the same time, you're like, what are you doing? Wow. And like, I was kind of more pissed at him than anything. And um, I'd get into games and I'd feel so alone. I just didn't feel his presence anymore. Like I, when I go into games in the past, yeah, I knew he had my back and I knew I was going to do very well, but I just didn't feel that anymore. I felt alone. I felt like I wasn't prepared and I didn't have the confidence I needed to, to do, do well. So it just reflected on my play on the game in the games and, And then I kind of, at the end of that year, I tried to transfer to a school in the States and I actually called the coaches up, said, this is my pass. I did very well in junior. I've had a few rough bounces in the last few years, but I need a shot and I know I'll take it. And they said, yeah, like we're interested. So I actually found out that they had one home game left for us a year. They're about five hour drive for me. So in the States, so I drove, I just drove there. I remember I just drove to Sault Ste. Marie to Lake Superior State and went to the game. The coaches weren't expecting me. And then I'm I'm at the rink. I'm like, how am I going to like get a hold of these guys? I need to talk to them. Like, we, how am I going to find them? And I just remember I'm praying and I'm sitting in the stands and I'm like, God, like, if you want me to if you want them to, me to do this, like, let me talk to them. And, and then all of a sudden the coach, the, rink, the rink's empty. I'm the only guy in there the coach comes out to the bench for like a, like a post-game interview. So I like ran to the bench and I was like, Hey, like my name's Taylor. We talked last week. I, I decided to just come and drive out here and they just said they really appreciated it. And they just kind of were like amazed by like the fact that I just come out to drive. They just said they would never forget that. And um, I looked to transfer there that year and um, didn't work out. There's some issues with all like with eligibility and I end up our team. So what happened? another thing our team one of our goalies went down with an injury at the end of that year the team that so i'm redshirting that means you can't play at all one of our goalies goes down with injury the last game of the year and my coach says like you need to back up for us please like we need a goalie and like my thought is like no um i haven't played here all year like i have something else going on i'm not like i'm i gotta take care of myself and then i have I had a very good chaplain and in uh, North Bay named Gord Fist and Brent Trombley, but me and Gord would talk and he just said, we we prayed about it and we, r- we were really undecided on what should we should do. And um, he kind of said, he gave me a verse and I remember we're in his basement, he gives me a verse and, because I have no idea what I should do. I, I selfishly, I want to leave and um, go try my other options at the same time. I just like need to do this for the team, but I was torn I didn't want to do it and I wasn't getting an opportunity at school. So there's no reason for me to, stay and I just remember uh he said, gave me a verse and literally said uh like walk with the people who don't give you opportunity essentially like walk with the people who don't give you opportunity if I'm kind of paraphrasing it and just like like show your light in a way so then right then there that answered that I need to do the hard thing and back up and and that process I lost a year of eligibility so the transfer is off the table. Um, we end up back, we end up appealing to get that eligibility back, but it was too late. By then it was August, and there was no chance for me to leave. So I was back to Nipissing the following year. So, so then yeah, that that following year I had a very good year. I I played in about seven games all year with exhibition included, and just finished with a nine forty save percentage, which was really good in hockey. And that opened up the door for me the next year to um, go to Nipissing again. I tried to transfer again, and again. God shut that door down. Um, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't his will for me to play out there. So, I had a school, uh, Minnesota State. Uh, a school. Well, I won't say it. But Minnesota State, they were going to bring me in, and um, they had a younger goalie that didn't have that experience that that he needed to kind of jump in. But then his goalie in the USHL, his starting goalie, got hurt, and he went in and played for them in playoffs, and he went like on a nine-game win streak sweat playoffs got mvp of playoffs so he ended decided to go into school that year so then i was back in nipissing and I, i got a shot to play last last year as well yeah last year now and played got to start for the team and did fairly well so it was nice to finally get some games in but god had a plan like he knew that i had to be back there and i met a wonderful girl named katie out there and she's been awesome i've been we've been dating for four years here now soon shortly and so I think everything happens for a reason. And I went through those hard times because I know I wouldn't have the faith I have now if I didn't go through those tough times. Mm. So,
0: Yeah. I I often say, I say to people, do you know that quote that a lot of people say in terms of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger? And I remember someone said that to me and I felt like God say, um, no, what doesn't kill you reveals your strength. And it was this sense of, you know, as you describe that whole story, is God revealing to you what he placed within you? You know, that strength, that grit, that grind, that desire, Mm -hmm. that passion, everything that he used the situation to reveal to you what is possible with him and also what's possible through you. And it's like we talk about it, Evan, don't we? It's this co, it's this yeah. relationship, it's what God can do through you. Yeah. Um. But to do yeah. something through you, He's got to show you what He can do through you, and He uses yeah. these situations to to glorify Himself within you, and your story is massively inspiring, and and your dedication to continue to to play and to go after things, I love it.
1: Yeah, it's. I appreciate it. It's, it's great because it's, you know, it's what everyone goes through, right? Mm. We may not play hockey, but the thing is, is every time we go through these moments of life and we go, this is what I meant to do. This is what I meant to do. And all of a sudden the door closes. It's like, well, maybe I'm not meant to do that. (laughs) But here's the thing, Taylor didn't stop going, this is not what I'm meant to do. He kept going, no, this is what I'm meant to do, Mm. right? And there's something um, inspiring about that, you know, because we doubt ourselves. And instead of doubting ourselves, Taylor says, actually, I don't doubt God, right? And so it's the reverse of what people do. I know that I have done that myself going, I guess that's not the door. I guess that's not God. And God's going, no, no. I didn't say it's not me. What I said was, I need you to grow a little bit more so I can put you in a position to sustain the things that I want to glorify in your life.
2: Yeah, so true. Well, like the, a big thing that was kind of cool, even though I didn't feel his presence at times, especially through the tough times, he'd always kind of like, not, it's not, I hate to say dangle a carrot, <laughs> but he would like, he would <laughs> He would kind of like, um, kind of reassure me that he's still there. Like, even so I hadn't played many games in my three years, first three years at the in I went to a camp to, in Minnesota, just to get exposure to a few schools so they could see me and possibly bring me up as a transfer. And I went to this camp and did very well. And the San Jose scout, San Jose shark scout was there and out of nowhere, he came up to me and he's like, where, where'd you, where are you playing? I just told him, like, I'm trying to transfer out here and I kind of have a unique story that is probably long and might bore you, but um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's I just have a passion to play and I'm trying to just get out here. And he said, here's my number. I'm going to watch you next season. And he said, like, I, he's from around where he scouts that area a lot for the, like, the OHL teams. And, and he just said, I'm going to watch you play. And I've had, I've kept dialogue with him and, it was just kind of like God kind of gave, even when I was mm-hmm. low and I was hoping like maybe there's something there, maybe there's not, he'd kind of like, give me a piece of reassurance. I just remember like, I had so much confidence. like I was just so excited after that. I was like, God I can still open some doors out of nowhere, yeah. um, unexpectedly. Right. Like I wasn't expecting to have that happen to me. And that was the last thing I was expecting. And it was just really cool. And then, um, so yeah. And then just finally, like how he opened the door, like it looked like my fourth year at Nipissing, I wouldn't play again that much. And then one of our goalies, he left to go play pro early and it opened the door for me to step in and play and be the guy. And it was, it, it, there was no option but to play I me and give me a shot. Right. And so it was pretty cool like to get that chance. And I, I'd say I performed as well as I could with it and put up some good numbers and our team, we, we had a lot of injuries that year, so we weren't as successful. Um, that year but we had about 10 guys injured but we still were in games and we still had a chance to make playoffs that year and um i was fortunate that god gave me that opportunity to kind of showcase myself and play as much as i did and um it opened doors for what i'm currently doing now as well
0: so. amazing so i want to ask you a question then so what is what are you doing now what's pressing in on your heart what's god telling you now
2: That's yeah uh i was thinking of uh just maybe focusing like i i I want to do it, but then there's always that doubt that like you're too old or you're you're not at the right space, you're not at the right spots. And um it's funny because like God's kind of like put that fire in my heart again to kind of do what I gotta do to play, keep playing hockey. And I don't know what that looks like, but um just little things he's kind of like randomly I came across. I saw one of my buddies that um me and him were that finally your junior when i was number one in canada he was number two i mean him would flip places and then we like we were battling all year and me and him talk a bit now and he he just played his first game in the national hockey league as a goalie this year and um i see that and it's just like like i'm so happy for him and i text him let him know like i'm proud of you buddy like but at the same time makes me feel like What's the difference between me and him? Like we were at the same spot. He just, he got the opportunity and ran with it. And like, maybe mine is just a little later. Maybe my opportunity could come later. So um, I've seen that. And then just like seeing Shane Doan's story and how, like, I think a big thing, the reason why maybe God didn't make me go that year, because I had lots of opportunity, but I wasn't spiritually ready. I wasn't mentally ready. I think maybe the lifestyle could have chewed me up. It's a pretty ruthless lifestyle. So I think I, I don't think I was ready. And I think the main thing was, is I was doing it for me and not for him and his kingdom. I was doing it for me and what I wanted. Mm. And I texted. It's funny that Yvonne texted me to come on this because <laughs> like, re, that's really been on my heart lately. And then she texted me about this. And I was just thinking that it, um got me back to a conversation me here and Matt had prior and she did some awesome prophesying over me and it just made me think, like, um, God could use my story. I don't know what he has planned for me. Like, I'm still kind of running with it. But, like, he could use my story in whatever capacity, whether that is. I do find a way to crack it up, crack the lineup in the NHL team one day. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I, if anything, I doubt myself, but I'm not going to doubt him. Like, if he, yeah. he can open any door he wants to. But the thing is, is, like, my thoughts and mind have transitioned from, like, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it to glorify his kingdom. So if I get to if I get the opportunity to ever suit up for a pro a top end pro team, an NHL team, whatever, I'm doing it for him, not me. Like I want to glorify his name and like uh, use my story that I've been through to encourage others and help build his kingdom. I think once I I remember I I was texting him on the other night, I couldn't sleep. I was so tired. I had a long day, but I was in bed till like 3 a.m. wide awake, but I was tired. So I just when I know that, I know that God's trying to tell me that something. So I just started praying and I got my Bible out and then I was putting notes down and like, I just have notes of notes of what God was putting on my heart at that time. And that was really where I finally, I think this is a week ago that I've really thought of like, it's not for me. It's for what I can do for his kingdom. I'm just a little tool in his toolbox. Like he's using me for maybe for what I, hopefully I can build help build his kingdom and, show showed the value of having a relationship with Christ and what it can do. Mm. So,
0: it's, yeah, it, it's beautiful to listen to, mate. And even like throughout your story about how you—it's your desire to play hockey, it's your desire to, you know, become pro or just do it for a living. It's like all these desires. It just makes me think of what what the Bible says. He goes, He wants to give you the desires of your heart yeah. because He placed them there in the first place and you are 100% right i think some people often feel like well if i'm going to follow christ right if i'm going to give my life to god i've got to yeah. lose i'm going to lose everything and the bible does say yeah. that when you lose your life you'll find your life and i really do believe that god basically is like no 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 it's just about you believing that this is your life yeah and no this is this is me living through you this is this is how i'm going to use you in surrendering your life your dreams for his life and for his dreams which align already <laughs> with your dreams because he created yeah. you for that and it's just this replacement i think you're 100% right it's not about glorifying yourself it's about glorifying him it's not about your your yeah. life it's about his kingdom and um yeah. i can see god moving through you massively and and continuing to use you as much as you humble yourself like you are doing he will yeah. exalt you in places that you could never imagine i really do i do see that in you yeah and you
1: know what no i oh go ahead
2: go ahead yvonne sir. no go ahead you know ahead. it's your show <laughs> not <me. laughs>
1: but you are a guest on our show but you know one of the things i i love because i've been on this journey for 7 years Watching you. It's watching your growth in God, your struggle. Yeah. You know, uh Matt and I have shared the story, we talk about it ourselves, but there's a story where Jacob wrestles, wrestles, right, with God, wrestles, right? And basically, you know, like wrestles to the point where he goes, I'm not gonna stop until you bless me. And that's what's been happening to you. You've been wrestling, but in a good way, like. It doesn't feel good. Nothing about it feels good, but you're not stopping until you go, I want you to bless me on that. And I've watched that for seven years. And now, now we're watching the blessing come from that struggle because you haven't stopped. You haven't, you know, even in the lowest of times where you're like, where are you, God? You still had you still did a couple of things that i want my uh, the audience to listen to he went into his community and his when he didn't have faith his faith his community had faith Hmm. and so he went and and,
2: like you um, guys i just remember the conversation i had with you and matt and like i was at a low low, lows like i was in tears talking to you guys and you guys really helped Build me up and just remind me. You need that community because when you when you're on your own, you just kind of get in your own head and you listen to the lies that you hear in your head. And um, it's really like that's the importance of having community because like when someone's having a tough time, there's always going to be someone there to pick you up. And two of you are kind of having a tough time. You guys can kind of like go back to the word and just be like, you know, no, we're good. Like he's there. So like I'm very again like I'm very thankful because I know you guys played a huge turning point and just my. Faith and my attitude towards it as well, so I just want to thank you for that as well, because that was a life changing moment for me is for sure so.
1: Mm, That is so sweet, thank you, I don't think I would do it any other way. You know, watching the story unfold has been a gift for our family, um, for sure. Having you on uh, the podcast has definitely God's timing, right? Because I I actually yeah. I never thought about, you know, we were just talking about podcast guests. And I was like, yeah. podcast, hockey, Taylor, and sent you a message. And it was the moment the message changed, something changed in you. And now you're ready to share your story from a different perspective. And I'm sitting here going, man. Anybody who is struggling at this very moment, listening to this story and going, I know that, don't stop. Yeah. Don't stop. God is good, period. We don't stop until it gets good. And if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, what my desire is to be the best cricket player. Go be a cricket. Go. Your desire matches God's desire for you. It's not always in a church. It's not always, you know, being, feeding the homeless. While people do that, it's amazing. But I want to remind people that we have desires on our hearts because God wants the kingdom everywhere on earth, everywhere. And so Mm -hmm. having kingdom people everywhere is so important. So, Wow. So, Taylor, last question we're going to ask you, because I know you got to go because, you know, you're building a business for future generations happening. Last question I want to ask you. If this podcast one day is heard by a young hockey player who is also going, I have a dream what would you tell that young hockey player, that young sports-minded player, that young person who's sitting with a dream and they feel alone? What would you tell that person?
2: There's a lot. <laughs> um the key is uh like don't lose that faith. Like really, like when you when he when you feel he's not there, he is still there. And like when I look back, I see I see it and I you just see you're so wrapped up in your own head and lies and you don't at the time but you do see it just really be conscious spend time with him second thing is just don't give up like if you if you're passionate about something like he's put that on your heart for a reason um this world isn't perfect obviously like things are going to happen but you have to just trust that and move forward and like always acknowledge him like don't do it on your own like acknowledge him and be like god i feel like you're leading me to do this this is what i'm going to do And keep him first in it, right? Like don't just go on your own and do it. I think I tried to do that many times and it would fail. So I'm really trying to focus on just keeping him in it um and not giving up and then just asking for guidance, right? Like that's the biggest thing. And um it's cool because like even though all this stuff has kind of gone the way it has, like there's really some upside now with what what I'm experiencing in my life now and like why I went through this stuff to prepare me for where I am now. And it's it's, there's a reason all that stuff happened. I didn't see it, It maybe recently I started to see why and it took me about maybe four or five years, six years to really see it. So um, it's, nothing happens for no reason. Is what I'll say, everything happens, whether it's good or not so good for you, everything happens for a reason and you just gotta trust him that he has your best interest in mind. He'll be taking care of you along the way, so.
1: Awesome, what a great, what a great story. Well Luke, so I good. guess you better start watching some hockey,
0: hey? I know, I'm gonna to have to clue myself up and then, you know, when the man goes pro, I'm gonna to get to me some tickets, I'll fly over there. Um to teach me how to play. I can kinda of skate. I don't know. Mm, yeah, kind of.
2: <laughs> I was like we'll challenge we'll see we'll yeah. see. For sure. um, yeah, no, like that's the thing. I'm just gonna take it one step at a time and trust him, right? And just do my part put my work in and
0: leave the rest in. Keep going mate, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for inspiring me as well. Your story inspires me. I'm sure it's gonna inspire so many people. And I do really yeah. believe that is that now you don't just have a story, I think attached to your story, you have a message. And I believe that yeah. the message that you carry um, or maybe a message that you will discover what the message will be attached to your story. And will lead so many people to know God, know his kingdom and know how good he is and glorify him as you as you say that. So God bless you, mate. And I uh, look forward to seeing more of your journey.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh,
0: Thank you.
2: I appreciate it. If you guys ever need a guest on again, (laughs) let me know. So It was awesome. Well,
1: thank you so much for coming on, Taylor. Um, Yeah, you guys heard it. This is Taylor Joseph uh, on our podcast, On the Road to Damascus. If you really love that, drop some hearts into our comment section on the Road to Damascus podcast, on our Instagram, as well as Damascus Experience on our Instagram. And stay tuned because we have many exciting stories, opportunities, and discussions about kingdom culture wherever we go. Thanks for joining us.
0: See you later.
2: Bye. Bye.